Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. Faith and hope are linked together, closely linked together. This is important because faith is confident hope. Faith is confident hope in God. That's what faith is. And that's why in Hebrews 11.6, Hebrews 11.6, he says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We have to have faith that he exists in the first place, that he can be found, that we can connect with God through his son, Jesus Christ. We can have a relationship with him. That's what our hope is based on. Hebrews 11.3, back up a couple verses there. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Science knows now most matter is invisible. You can't see the vast majority of the matter. I can't explain it to you, but I'm sure Ron Rohrbeck can, or one of the other guys, one of our other guys can explain it. But, but by faith, it's, it's our faith that believes that God created the universe, that we aren't here through some big bang, or, you know, maybe God could make the bang, but there wasn't some accidental bang, or that we didn't come up out, we didn't come here through evolution. We're not just, you know, evolving from some microcosm. Or through some monkey. In fact, it talks right in here about Cain and Abel, which obviously came from Adam and Eve. We, we, we by faith, believe that we came from Adam and Eve. We came through, we are made in God's image. And that's, that's faith. That's where we get the faith from. So faith is hope assured. Faith is hope assured. But that hope gives us the courage, gives us the confidence to live by faith, to act on our faith. So they're, they're connected. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to bring this out of here in just a minute here, but they're just connected. Our faith gives hope, and hope helps us live our faith. They're connected in, in an impossible way to understand, but you can't have one without the other. In fact, he goes on to say about people who had hope, and because of their hope, how they live. Verse 7, Hebrews 11, By faith Noah, when warned about things not seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Noah built that ark, and he put his faith in God. All right, that was because of his faith. Hebrews eleven seventeen to nineteen goes on to talk about Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He and if you haven't been watching the Bible video, a lot of these things on the, the History Channel, a lot of these things are right off of this. You can see it with your own eyes. He says uh, God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who received the promise was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. By faith, Abraham took this step, and we all know who Isaac is. Isaac is a type of Jesus Christ. God didn't stop the knife with his own son, his one and only son, Jesus Christ. 
But by faith, he was willing to take that step. Hebrews 11.24 talks about Moses. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God, rather to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. Verse 29. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. It's by faith they had hope. And by faith, they did these things. Verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. Joshua and Jericho. Verse 31. Same story. By faith, the prostitute Rahab became... Because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. All these people were, were living by faith. They took a step by faith. And our hope, our hope, faith is hope, but that hope gives us the faith to, to act and to live out. Faith gives birth to hope, and then hope empowers us to live that, that faith, to walk in faith. Even even the faith to endure trials and sufferings, which we've been looking at as God's perfecting process. Do we like it? No. Do we understand it? No. Is it taught in the Bible? Yeah. That perfecting process that only is completed when we're in heaven with God someday. But there's a progressive perfecting, and that faith gives us... The hope gives us the faith to endure what we're called to go through here on this planet. In fact, he says this in, in Hebrews eleven thirty five. down a few more. He says, women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and in holes in the ground. Talking about the early church and the persecution that it faced and is still going on today. Just read, Google the news. They don't put it in the major news. But just Google persecution of Christians. You'll be amazed. People, we're, we're sitting here free to worship on Easter morning, resurrection morning. And yet there's people all over the world that are underground church. And if they're caught, they're killed, they're persecuted. But then he says here in verse 39, these were all commended for their faith. The people who are dying, persecuted, suffering, poor, were commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. You ever get disappointed in this life? You're in good company. Look at the hall of faith here. There's a lot of disappointments. And yet, we still believe. We believe that this isn't the end. We believe that this life is just preparing us for the goal. That's the hope that we have. The hope that we have that allows us in Romans 12, 12. Josh, you want to pop up Romans 12, 12? Where he says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. You see them all connected together. That's what gives us the, the, the ability to do that. 
So faith not only gives us hope, but hope empowers us to live by faith and to live out our faith. And what does our faith ultimately rely on? What is our hope really relying on? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what it all comes down to. Once you read all the history books, once you read all the different religious books, once you read all the apologetics, once you read everything, once you really wrestle through everything, it all comes down to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15 says this. 1 Corinthians 15, start with verse 1. Says, now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and in which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. He appeared to Paul in the vision. Then in verse 17 he says, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, you are still dead, you are, I'm saying you are still in your sins, then those who then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The gospel. That's our hope. That's what, it's, that's what it's all about. And that's what gives us hope, even no matter we're facing persecution, even facing death. That's what gives us hope. No matter what we're facing, even facing the ultimate trial in our life, which is death. First Thessalonians 4, 13 says, Brothers, Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Why don't we grieve like the rest of the world when we face death or someone we love has is, is died? Because we're not like those who have no hope. We have hope. We have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We have turned from our sin, repented of our sin. We've put our faith in Jesus Christ to to forgive us and to give us a brand new life, and we've given our life to him. And because of that, we have hope. We have hope. We don't grieve like those who, who have no hope. There's one thing I dread. One thing, as a pastor, I hate getting a call more than anything else in the world. And that's when someone calls and says, will you come and do a funeral for my whoever. Didn't go to church. Don't think they ever had any kind of faith, but I want you to come and do the funeral. I hate doing that. You know why? Because I cannot give hope for that person. Now, we don't know. Maybe they put their faith in Christ at some point. Maybe they did it just before they died, I hope. But it's a hard thing to preach in that funeral. And when I do, I try to give 
I try to give hope to the people that are there that they could still have hope. But that's a hard thing because that's a hopeless funeral. And people there don't have hope. But I tell you, it's different when you know the person has put their faith in Christ. There's hope even as sad as we are. We know we'll see him again. We know that because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's crazy to see the difference. I remember one woman whose husband passed away from cancer. And, and it was a hard, hard thing. Hard thing. And when he passed away, I remember going to the funeral. But she had this amazing peace. This is about 25 years ago now. She had this amazing peace. But most of her family and friends were not believers. They didn't know Jesus Christ. And they were so confused because they had never been to a funeral like that before where the pastor talked about hope and, and celebration of life. And, and, and this woman was sad. She was grieving. But she had this peace that was just amazing. And I'll never forget, her relatives took her aside and said, we're really worried about you. You're not handling this well. They couldn't understand. How could, how, what the, she, they couldn't understand the peace that she had. And let's look at the rest of this passage in 1 Thessalonians 4, which gives us even more hope. 1 Thessalonians 4, 15, According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left to the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with a voice of the archangel, and with a trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. As soon as we die, our spirit, soul immediately goes to be with God, but someday he's going to bring all of the, all of the spirits of righteous men made perfect. Remember that? He's going to bring the spirits down. And all the people that have gone before, and the second coming of Jesus Christ, gonna, we're going to be here, and they're going to come down, and we're going to meet them in the air, and, and they're going to be resurrected first. They're going to get their, their new bodies, and then we're going to get ours. And it's, it's a long little process to explain. But, but that's our hope, that everybody who has put their faith in Jesus Christ and dies will be with Christ and will come down. And our hope, if we're still alive, is that, we might not even have to face death. We're, we're waiting for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And just as the first coming of Christ shocked everybody, the second one is going to be another shocker. And the signs are all pointing that it could be any time. Just read the news. <laughs> Follow the story of Israel. That's our, that's our temperature gauge there. Follow what's going on over there. And that, that's, that's the hope that we have that we don't have to fear death. If we die, we go with Christ. If we don't die, Christ is coming for us. Either way, we're going to be with him. We, whether it's death or the second coming, we're going to be with Jesus Christ. And so many people, I know, when you go through trials, people say, boy, Jesus can't come back soon enough for me. <laughs> you know, we're going through so many things, right? That's a common thing there. That is a hope that we have. We still got to battle out. We still got to live this life. But the hope that we have is that not only the resurrection, but Jesus is coming back again. That's our focus. I was at a past clergy meeting. It was back when I was in Connecticut years ago now. And I remember I was invited to this clergy meeting. And, and they didn't really know me or they wouldn't have invited me. And I didn't really know them or they, I wouldn't have gone. But I got to this meeting. 
And it was one of these ecumenical things, you know, and uh, really ecumenical. And, and they're all sitting around, and they start talking about theological things. And it became very apparent very quickly that I was in the wrong clergy meeting. And he goes, they didn't believe the Bible. They didn't believe anything about Jesus. And there was a couple ladies sitting across from me, clergy ladies, and they were talking about, and I got discussing. And they started dismissing all the miracles of Jesus. And I'm like, I kind of believe they have. I do believe they have. And they dismissed everything, just explaining everything away. And the Jesus they were left with was a Jesus I didn't know. It wasn't a biblical Jesus. And, and their faith was not a biblical faith. It was, I don't know what it was. It was, I don't, it was religion, right? And so I was sitting there, and, 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 and I was really, I think I, one of the guys could see the pain on my face. That was all I could do to stay there. And the one guy leans over, and he says, don't worry, I'm one, of, I'm one of you guys. So I had one other evangelical there, right? And, and then I'll never forget, it, the topic somehow came to the second coming. And I'll never forget, the one lady says, she says, well, I don't like to talk about the second coming. It's too gloomy. And I was like, what? <laughs> gloomy? It's going to be gloomy for her, unfortunately, probably. Because she's praying to a different Jesus. But it's not gloomy to me. It's the only thing that keeps me going sometimes, knowing that either I'm going to him or he's coming to me. But either way, this is, that, that's the only thing that keeps me going, is knowing that Jesus is coming back. This isn't heaven to me. This is getting me ready for heaven. And, and that's the hope that we have. Are we living that hope? Are we living that hope? 1 John 3.1. You know, we've been looked at John before, but in 1 John, 1 John 3.1, he says this. Now, this is wild. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in himself purifies himself just as he is pure. We don't really know what our new bodies are going to be like. We don't know what it's going to be like. It's beyond imagination, the Bible says. It's beyond comprehension. But we know that when he comes, we're going to be like him. We're going to be changed into the same spiritual perfection that Christ has prepared us for. And he says, because of that hope, we should be living pure now. We're never going to be totally pure, but we should be progressively trying to live, trying to live like Jesus Christ. That should be what drives us. When Jesus comes, we'll be perfected. That's our hope. That should be motivating us to become like Jesus here and now. Are we living that hope? Are we sharing that hope? Are we sharing that hope? In 1 Peter, 1 Peter 3, great Verse, verse 15 says this. But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. See that? Be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have. Are we, are we sharing that hope? Are we, re- are, we giving the, are we sharing that? Do you remember... It's hard for us to remember sometimes if you've been a Christian for a little while. If you're not, you, don't, you know what I'm talking about. But it, it, remember your life before you put your faith in Jesus Christ. We didn't have hope. There was no hope. It was empty. We were restless. We had this shallow happiness that never quite did the trick. We, we, had, we were searching, and we 
We're in despair. We've shared our testimonies. We all know where we were. But once we put our faith in Jesus Christ, things change. And if we are living out our hope, people are going to ask us, for the reason the hope we have, they're going to ask us, what's going on? What, what makes you tick? How do you do it? What's your secret? You ever have somebody say that to you? I hope you have. <laughs> because if we're living for Christ, people are going to wonder what's going on. They're going to ask us. People come up to us all the time, Kim and I, and they'll say, they'll be like, oh, you know, counting our kids, you know, and be like, what? How many kids you got? You know, and then look at the back of our van, you know, all the kids. What? 13 kids, you know? And they always say, how do you do it? You know? And I said, not very well some days, but, but I always say, but it's all God's grace. And that's the truth. And when people say, how do you do it? You might not have 13 kids, but, but we go through a lot, right? How do we do it? It's by God's grace. And we share the reason for the hope that we have. Are we focusing on that hope? Not only are we living that hope, are we sharing the hope, but are we focusing on that hope? Are we focusing on his resurrection? Are we focusing on his resurrection power in our life? Are we focusing on the second coming? Are we fe- focusing on his perfecting process instead of the pain of the process. So many times we focus on the pain instead of the perfecting that's going on. And that makes all the difference in how we grow spiritually and how we handle what we're going through and, and what we get out of it. And what, what, it's that whole attitude of hope. I'll, give you, I'll share a story. It's not my, it's not my farm story, but someone else's. I don't, I don't think it's true, but it's a great story. There's a dad... I remember somebody telling me this story. There's a dad, and he had two sons, twin sons. And their birthday was coming up. And he's trying to figure out what to give these kids to help them. And he wanted to just not give them something good, but something that would grow them and teach them something. And the problem is one of his sons was so optimistic, he could only see the good in everything. He just was always seeing good, seeing good, seeing good. And he just thought, this kid is going to... He's going to have a hard life because reality's going to hit him, and he's, he's got to learn that life isn't all good. I've got to do something that's going to teach him. The other son was very pessimistic. Only saw the terrible things that were going on. Everything was bad. That's all he focused on. And his dad was like, I've got to change his focus because if he only looks at the negative, he'll never do anything in life. He's just going to have a miserable life. So he came up with a plan. He went out and bought a pony, and he bought this pony, and he took the pony, and he paid the guy for the pony, and he says, oh, by the way, can you shovel all that pony manure into the back of the truck, too? I'll take the pony and, and the manure. He goes, wow, yeah, yeah just, just give me the manure. So takes it, and birthday, birthday morning, the two boys come running down. Where's our present? Where's our present? And, the, and the, well, the one did. The other one, where's the present? You know? And, and uh, he said, okay. Uh, he, uh, he picked the pessimist one, and he says, here's yours. And the kid opens up the box, and there's a pony. Now, who wouldn't want a pony? I know some of you have ponies back there. Right, who wouldn't want a pony, right? And every kid wants a pony. Well, he sees his pony, he says, oh. He says, what's the problem? He goes, no, I'm going to have to take care of it. I'm going to have to feed it and ride it and clean up it. When it goes to the bathroom, I'm going to have to clean up after it. I'm going to, yeah, it's okay to have a pony, but I'm going to have to take care of this thing. The dad just like banging his head against the wall, right? Well, hopefully my other son will learn from his present even better. So he opens it up. He opens the box and it's a big crate of manure. 
The kid jumps into the menorah, starts digging through it, throwing it out all over that place, looking, and he's all excited. He goes, what are you doing? He goes, with all this manure here, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. Like I said, I don't know if it's true, but isn't it a great story? I never forgot it. But that's a picture of what hope does. doesn't matter how much got to pick the right word here. Manure we're dealing with. God's got to be working here somewhere. With all this struggle and pain and perfecting going on, God's got to be here somewhere, and he is. That's what hope gives us. Hope lets us see that, that God is there. And hope gives us the, the, the faith to keep on going. I, I think I shared this before, but it's... If you take a, a mouse, a mouse experiment, don't do this at home, just trust me on this. <clears throat> if you take a mouse, you put it into a bucket of water, it will swim for 30 seconds. After 30 seconds, it starts to go under and it will drown. But as the mouse goes under the water, if you were to take that mouse, pull it out, shake it off, let it take a couple breaths and put it back in, guess how long it'll swim? 10 minutes. Why? What did you just give that mouse? Hope. Hope. And that's what Jesus has given us. That in our struggle, we know his hand is there. And we know he can take us out any time. Whether he takes us out of the struggle or he takes us out of this world, we know God's right there. That's the hope that we have. Hope allows us to see God's hand at work no matter what mess our life is in. Whether we made the mess or whether we inherited the mess, somehow we see, Romans 8, 28, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. We know God works for the good. He can make any mess into his junk art. He's great at this. It's the key. That hope is the key to staying on the narrow road. It's the key to moving forward in our race and agony. It's the key to moving forward spiritually. That's, that's where God wants us all to be rabbits. He wants us to hop. Rabbits hop forward. They, they move forward. They hop. They, they have hope. That's, that's the hop-hope connection here. Is that I, hope, I hope we're all hopping. I hope we're all moving forward. Maybe you're here today and you need hope. Maybe there's an area of, your, of life you've given up on. Maybe you've given up on life itself. I hope today that because of his word and his promises... In knowing that he wants this relationship with you. I hope that we'll refocus, each of us would refocus on Jesus' resurrection, his second coming, and the new life that he wants us to live. No matter what mess we're making, no matter what mess we've made of it, no matter what we're going through, faith and hope will allow God to transform anything, anything. And today, every time you see a chocolate bunny... I want you to remember hope, hopping forward in hope. And every time you see a real bunny, they're all over the place now. Every time I take a walk in the morning, there's bunnies everywhere. It's going to be a lot more soon. Remember the hope. Remember moving forward in hope. Moving forward in hope. And if you're here today and you don't have that hope yet, you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, I pray that you won't leave this morning without 
taking that step of faith. Let's pray. As we take this time to pray, talk to God. Maybe you're here today and you don't have hope in Jesus Christ yet. You've never put your faith and trust in him. But today could be a very special Resurrection Sunday for you. It could be the time not only that Jesus rose from the dead, but he gave you brand new life. And you can have that life right now, right where you're sitting, by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Just, just, it's no magic prayer. Just say, God, I just... I don't want the sin anymore. I don't want the garbage anymore. I don't want to live my way anymore. I want to repent. I repent of all the sin in my life. And I ask you to forgive me. I put my faith in your son Jesus who died for me and came alive for me. I put my faith and hope in him. I give my life to you, God. I give you my life. Please make make it what you want it to be. Make me who you want me to be. Take my mess and make something beautiful out of it. If you've prayed that prayer, you don't have to fear death. You don't have to fear life. You now have hope in Jesus Christ. In God's spirit, Holy Spirit is is in you now and it's going to transform you. I want to encourage you to let somebody know. Tell me on the way out. Felt the card, email, something. Tell somebody. So that we can be excited for you and help you to grow in your new faith. For the rest of us who have put our faith in Christ already. How is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Maybe it's focusing on our hope instead of our struggles. Maybe it's using that hope to live in faith and walk in faith and share our faith. Our spiritual life is a hop at a time. It's a little baby step at a time. It's a hop at a time, moving forward in faith. Father, we need hope. We all need hope. I pray that no matter what we're facing today, that this day would be a day of hope. A day of a new way of looking at our life and our death. I pray that we would look back at this time and remember the hope that we started to live by that allowed us to live by faith and to live out our faith. Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.